Michael Pace is the general manager of the iconic Mark Hopkins Hotel in San Francisco. In this episode, you'll learn how he thinks about recruiting, the perceptions we need to change, the global opportunities and diverse career paths available in hospitality, and strategies for attracting talent. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. What would be your message for people who are outside the industry as you communicate the benefits of a career in hospitality? Because it feels like a lot of people are just unaware of how you can build a career here. What, as an industry, do we need to be talking more about as maybe some of the overlooked benefits of a career here? I would start off by saying that the biggest issue that we've had for years is the reputation that in hotels, you work really hard, really long hours. You know, you're underpaid, you're overworked, you're always working on the weekends when your friends are off, that it's pretty tough. And it used to be that way. Uh, I remember when I was starting off, the expectation was we will work you as hard as we can. You're going to work six days a week. You're going to always 10, 12 hour days is a minimum. And it was kind of exhausting, you know, and it was a slog. And, and now it's different. And I, But I don't think we've done enough on the marketing side. We need to promote ourselves realistically to share the benefits of what we do and how we do it. Yes, there, there are long hours. And yes, there is stress. But that happens in any job. I mean, even in tech, you're working hard and you got stress or in finance and, and so on. It's just different, you know. And we pay a lot better we have huge advantages for growth opportunities. People forget that when you're in hospitality, you can be a you can be an expert in tech and have a career in hospitality. You can be an expert in finance and have a career in hospitality because we have finance departments, marketing, operations. You could be an engineer and work in hotels. It's not just people in the lobby greeting each other, you know, and we get to travel like I did. And, you know, I work for IHG, one of the you know larger companies in the world. We've got over 4,000 hotels worldwide. You can get transferred. I could be working in America today and in Holland tomorrow. I could be working for Intercontinental today or Marriott tomorrow. I mean, there's a huge opportunities and we don't tell the world enough and we need to because it's amazing. I mean, I'm still, I'm doing it for 30 years now and I can't believe how lucky I am. And when I hear that people don't want to join hospitality, I get really saddened. I'm like, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> How are we not portraying this message of this amazing job, you know, this amazing career? Well, it starts with conversations like this. And I, that's why I appreciate you taking time to tell your story, because I think that's where people can start to understand this worked. I can see this. I, I heard Michael's story and I could see myself one day maybe following a similar journey. But there's actually an, a career fair here at this hotel about a month or two ago. And I attended and I asked a lot of people about their perspective on hospitality. And people had no clue that they could have, pursue a career in technology or some of these areas. And um, so I feel like I'm trying to do everything I can right now to amplify stories like yours and and do almost a little bit of a marketing role here. I, I guess I'd be curious, as you think about recruiting for yourself and, and for your hotel, and I guess IHG broadly, how are you thinking about recruiting and what's working for you these days? So the biggest shift I've seen, especially for myself, is that we need to hire people who have the right attitude and then train them. You know, hire for attitude, train for skill, which I've always done. 
But I think before COVID, we were looking at, I'd look at people's resumes and see if they had, you know, good history behind them, you know, X number of years in a job and they didn't jump around too much. Well, that's changed, right? People move around a lot. People want to be more nimble in their career path and not wait a year or two years to get a promotion. And so the biggest change for me has been to acknowledge and accept it, uh, to let go this feeling that I had of like, well, I went through that, so everybody else should, you know? And I think as managers, we subconsciously want people to go through what we went through because we slogged it out and we had those long nights underpaid, you know, in the old days and we survived. So that'll help everybody else get along. And I'm like, no, no, that's not the way it works. I've got a 25-year-old daughter. She thinks about career differently. And I've learned a lot through her, actually. Talk about networking. What <laughs> have you learned? I, I have learned that the way they, uh, you know, uh, 20-year-olds interact and think about career is very different to me. Definitely there's more of a of a blending of what we used to call a work-life balance, but this whole, you know, work from home and work in the evenings and not have this defined eight to five, Monday through Friday mentality. It's interesting. It makes you think different, you know? And for me, it was like, I come to work and I work and I'm in my suit. And when I go home, I'm not working anymore. Whilst, you know, now it's more blended. We work from home. We might be in our sweats sending very important emails up, but nobody knows. So yeah, I think we are adapting to that. So long story short, let me get back to the point you asked. Students, I really believe more than ever, we're trying to get students to come in I am trusting students to come in fresh out of college, no management experience, and I'm putting them in a, in a management position, which I never did before because I knew they could burn out real fast and didn't have the experience to handle all the challenges of being a leader. But I'm realizing now if you hire the right people and you give them the right support and help them, don't just throw them out there, they can be really successful. And I've got a, quite a few students who are working with, with us right now here at the hotel are doing really well. And... I hope they say the same thing. But my goal is that we develop them and we train them and we move them around every at least six to nine months before they get bored because they actually want to be stimulated and challenged. Can you tell me a little bit more about that training process? Because it feels that is key not only for helping them succeed, but for retention, right, and engagement. What is what does training and development look like for someone who's joining you at this hotel? Yeah, so one of the things that we came up with post-COVID was that every leader should have a one-page document of their career pathing and their training needs. So the, the top section is, what do I need to do to be an expert in my job? And the second part is, what do I need to do to become an expert for my next job? So if I am a front desk manager, what are the things I need to still learn to become even better in my job? It might be things like resolution, you know, dealing with union issues handling a diverse workforce, whatever it is that you need, or, or maybe a technical skill on a computer. Okay, I need to nail that to be really good at my job. But then in the background, I'm also getting ready at a slower pace for the next job. When I get my boss's job, there, there's a higher level of, of training needed. So we, we, we try and plot that, and it changes all the time. But the idea is that they know and they believe that we have their back. And when we say, stick with us, we're going to help you, we're going to train you, we're going to develop you that it's a partnership and a process, that it's not just, you know, we're talking and then after a year, they're like, well, yeah, they keep saying they're going to promote me, but nobody ever talks about it anymore except when I got hired. We've got to change that. Yeah. The conversation has to be real. You know, you, you asked me about recruitment and um, that's a really big thing for me now and this development of students. You know, I, I, I'm part of a, an organization called the Hospitality Foundation for CHLA. We give out student scholarships every year, about 200,000 a year. And... 
again, our outreach is getting better, but the amount of students who are even getting into hospitality is diminishing the last few years. So I think we need to be having more discussions like this, whether it's you and I or within our companies or even maybe the, the hotel management companies working even more closely with the hotel schools to maybe peel it back. Maybe we need to go to the high schools and say, hey, have you guys considered do you know what hospitality is? Do you know what a hotel job is? Do you know you can earn X amount of money if you were a chef in a hotel kitchen? And get them to be excited, put on their radar, you know. Again, I learned this from my daughter when she was in high school, and she's like, Dad, nobody, if, if it wasn't for you working in a hotel, I wouldn't even know what hospitality means. And you're really passionate about your, your job, Dad. Why don't you come and speak to our career counselors? And I was like, oh, you're right. Nobody talks about hospitality. You just do the basic classes to get your exams, right, to get to, high, to, get to college. So it's about college ready. Mm-hmm. It's not really about real life ready, unfortunately. And so, yes, yeah, so we need to have those discussions. How can the hospitality industry get involved at the high school level and start looking at trade schools again that we have lost over the years in the U.S., which is the biggest challenge that we have as well? Nobody's being tra- trained to have pride in a trade you know we need people who say i want to be a sommelier i want to be a front desk manager i want to be a pastry chef and that is my goal and i will do it with pride not everybody has to be the gm or the director of sales there's only one of me there's i got 300 people working in this hotel and i need all of them to be passionate and excited and proud so we can all do our jobs well so i think the conversation has to be let's get more people to be excited about hospitality Let's get the high school students excited by it. Let's keep the ones who do go to hotel school engaged, not let them fall off because they're already getting despondent whilst they're studying. So, yeah, let's hire them. Let's train them. Let's, let, let's embrace them at the beginning of their studies, not when they've graduated. Great hospitality providers know that every touchpoint matters a lot. So they spend a lot of time making sure that each interaction better serves their guests and makes life easier for their teams. If you'd like to operate this way, I suggest you check out Sojourn. They've built a reputation as the market leader in helping hotels and resorts earn direct bookings through digital advertising over the years. And more recently, they've expanded into offering a complete suite of guest experience solutions, including an AI smart concierge, reputation manager, and guest marketing suite. I've been working with Sojourn for years now, and everything from the way their technology is built to the talented experts they have on staff makes it no surprise that when I talk with people about technology, Sojourn comes up again and again. Hospitality providers love them. If you'd like to learn more about how Sojourn can help you better engage your guests and drive more profitable direct bookings, visit Sojourn.com. That's S-O-J-E-R-N.com. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on this show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. 
Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes from some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 